Hey folks, still here at Swamp Up, Charles Max Wood from Top End Devs, and I am talking to John Willis from Bachigaloop. Nickname, yeah. <laughs> it's a nickname. So Where'd it come from? Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a song my mom used to, I'm a pretty old guy. Oh, right? okay. So my mom used to sing it, and there's all this folklore about where it could have came from, but it's one of those names that really doesn't have a meaning, so. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. And cool. it, like, I was stupid enough to make it my Twitter handle. <laughs> when I could have got JMW, like, right? <laughs> man, that was a big mistake. But uh, it is—it's so that the people know me as Bachikaloo. So, yeah, very cool. Now we were talking before the show, and you mentioned that you've been involved in DevOps since basically the beginning. You, do you want to just introduce yourself real quick and let yeah, people know? Yeah. So John Willis, Bachikaloo, but um. I've been in this industry, like I said, I'm pretty old, but uh, I think 40 plus years I've been doing this now. Started out way back when IBM mainframe, but got into distributed. But the world really started for me when I sort of stumbled into an OSCON and saw open source. Oh, okay. And realized that, you know, the stuff I've been doing at the enterprise level had all this portfolio of things like Nagios and, mm-hmm. and then got, I spent a lot of time working with configuration management banks, pre sort of DevOps, right. pre distributed. And I, I started working, I fell in love with Adam Jacob at Chef and I was the seventh hire there. And oh, okay. I spent a whole bunch of time helping Chef get off the ground and then just been with startups ever since. Yeah. Um, sold the company to Docker, mm-hmm. sold the company to Dell. Mm-hmm. And then written about 10 books. Probably the most notable book of all the books is I was co-author of DevOps Handbook. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, Chef. I've spent a good deal of time talking to Nathan Harvey. Oh, yeah. And Nathan's a good... He was, yeah, he Nell Shamrell and... He, Nathan came in after me. Uh-huh. But yeah, Nathan's great. The, yeah. When I met... When I was at Chef, Nathan was one of our customers. Uh-huh. Good deal. Well, we were talking before the show about a book called Investments Unlimited, which doesn't sound like a DevOps book. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it's actually... You know, I mean, you could definitely call it a DevOps book. You could call it a DevSecOps book. And I'll give you the whole backstory in a minute, but I'd rather call it what I call modern governance. Okay. Like the, the, we need to do sort of think about GRC differently. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was, as a co-author of the handbook, I've been right. working with Gene Kim, the author mm-hmm. of the Phoenix Project right. for many years. And uh, and he and he started a long time ago where he would invite about 40 or 50 of us to, to Portland every year to work on what they call forum papers. And there's about 100 mm-hmm. of them out there now, all Creative Commons. Just a, ITRevolution.com. Right. It's just incredible amount of resources. Top people, industry people, every year, uh-huh. we pick like six or seven topics. So I had been, I had met Tobel Powell there, who was first fellow at Capital One. Uh-huh. And, and we started in 2017, I think, started talking about what a mess IT audit and IT risk was uh-huh. and how it's not a solved problem, even right. in DevSecOps. Right. DevOps, DevSecOps, we still can't communicate well with the audit, internal audit. Mm-hmm. And so in 2019, we did a paper called DevOps Automated Governance. Uh-huh. What we decided to do is we had uh, Topo Pau, we had John Rezatowski from PNC, Courtney Kissel was at Nike, a guy named Dwayne Holmes from Marriott who ran like $60 billion worth of Marriott revenue through mm-hmm. Kubernetes and Container from like zero release. So like an nice. amazing team of people. <laughs> right. um, Sam Guggenheim from Microsoft was uh-huh. like pretty much ran infrastructure. He's retired. Yeah, I've now. interviewed him for a Oh, yeah. Podcast, so you yeah. know, like Sam. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just say Sam, right? Yep. He's brilliant. I'm sitting there. I orchestrate. We're on. A, they're on a whiteboard, going like, "We do this at Microsoft. We do this at PNC." And so we wrote this book, which was a very boring, but like for people like us, a <laughs> reference architecture. How to take one microservices and how you sort of create digitally signed immutable evidence uh-huh. with the sole goal of reducing the toil in audit, 
and increasing the efficacy because that's uh-huh. and so if we could show that non-human and digitally signed mutable evidence uh-huh like we could turn 30-day audits into zero day right so we published that paper a lot of people didn't get it it was very boring it it was like 100 attestations from the kitchen mm-hmm. sink of everybody sat around like and you know i was like why isn't everybody like oh my god this should be like the most right. popular book right you know as you do right uh-huh and then the pandemic and then in 21 we decided to do a version two so the first the way genes can genes thing work is like the first day you brainstorm and and then you do readouts and uh-huh. everybody was doing their readout on their their form paper and ours was like again gonna be terribly boring right so we all went to dinner. We decided, like, why don't we do it as a novella? Right. Right. And uh, so next day, we're like, clean slate it, and we're going to do it as a novella. And one of the banks uh-huh. who built this system from the first paper had the story. They just couldn't say it was their bank. And uh, so we did that. And the way it works, you do like three days, and you got three months part-time, and you finished the uh-huh. paper. So we wrote like a 80-page novella about right. an investment bank that that failed in banking terms they got the OCC was going to give them an MRIA uh-huh. and the CEO got warned and then she goes to the team like I thought we were doing DevOps why is this happening right oh <laughs> yeah we're not doing that part of that <laughs> right so Gene and gang like yeah right so like we're speaking at DevOps Enterprise Summit like how could we be failing right. an audit and uh, like oh let me explain security right like, <laughs> And uh, so, so they liked it so much. In fact, by the end of the project, like I was like, like, like the guys did way more work on the book than I did. But at the end of the project, everybody's gone. They're saying, well, could you add this? I'm like, like, man, like this is part time. Everybody's gone. Right. And they came back and said, what if we gave you a year to get everybody back together, turn it into a book? I'm like, I think the guys would love that. Yeah. So we got everybody together and we worked on it for another year. And now we got like 150 page, still small, uh-huh. but it's like this like awesome story of, of like the CEO, you know, sort of going, get, and it, it's, you know, if you've read the Phoenix Project, I'm sure you have, right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Like there, that's a pattern based on a guy named Elliot Goldratt. Right. Okay. Goal. And it's always a, in the goal, it's, it's a Alex Jonah in the Phoenix Project, it's Eric and Bill. Mm-hmm. So there's always a Socratic, you know. Right. Like it gives you, he doesn't tell you the answer. Right. So he asks you the question. Yeah. And, yeah. So, so we did that here. So we tried to model that. We uh-huh. did some Easter eggs of things that were in the Phoenix Project. And anyway, so the, so the, there's this whole thing. So the the, um, the Jonah-like character in Investors mm-hmm. Unlimited, it's like my favorite quote. I was telling everybody there in the present my presentation today. I was like, I'm not gonna give away the whole book, although I am right. gonna do it. But uh, like at one point, the CEO gets everybody and they all start thinking about like, what are we going to do to address this? Um, what's called the MRIA, which is a list of like uh-huh. facts that or sort of findings. Right. And they're trying to like understand. And, and the guy says, you know, your DevOps failed you. <laughs> oh, bang, you know. And here's the other thing. I know, I'm like clutching my heart. Yeah, right? Like, like how could you not? Right? Like, because you so get it. Right? right. But here's the other thing, too, is so we, we made up this story. I mean, literally out of blue. I mean, it was Jason Cox at Disney. I mean, we had some uh-huh. people that really understood these right. complexity problems, but in real world stuff. So it's like nine mm-hmm. people of like 300 years worth of experience right. in a story. Right. right. So our story was that the OCC is going to send an MRIA, and they do. And Matt uh-huh. is requiring media attention, which is right. Like, like you don't mess, you mess around with right. those things. You're in big trouble. Right. Because they had like 15 open matters requiring attention, like MRAs. Right. Uh-huh. So we had a story, and then we get a, a ping to interview somebody from, uh, it's the Mitsubishi North American Bank, whatever. Okay. They got a cease and desist from the OCC, because guess what? They ignored an MRA, and they had 15 um, MRAs open for 18 months. Like, oh my God, that's oh, our wow. story. This is crazy. <laughs> right? And so like, yeah, the hero gets the, the, gets the, the, the love 
like it wins and right. like all that stuff. But uh, it's been fun. People, I mean, it's hard to write a book with nine people. Uh -huh. to have a, you know, you have right. to right. follow a rule. The world has been waiting for. Deluxe at Netflix starts in five minutes. There you go, folks. Like, wish you were here. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so so there is I, books of books, right? Right. Um, I think it might have some kind of, like if somebody could read like this is not you know this isn't a Michael Lewis book or this isn't a Bill uh -huh. Cosby book but the idea that it was created from like nine people Helen Helen Beale likes working uh -huh. with London it's just like the stories are about so everybody that's reading it is like yeah you know, it's like it hits you hard because, <laughs> yeah and then you know they asked me this morning Baruch says um, I always joke that yeah that someday Baruch's gonna wake up and go. John's not as smart as I think he really is. You know, <laughs> darn, I had a fool for like five years. But but he comes up to me and goes, you'd make Slomi really happy if you talked about our new advanced security stuff. Uh -huh. I'm like, okay, what is it? He said, well, listen to Kino. And I'm listening to her. I'm like, and I get told the crowd, I'm like, they bring me here because I'm going to tell the truth. Like, if I think they're doing something right. crappy, I'm going to say they're doing crappy. And they know right. that. I very rarely have to say that because J-Frog usually does stuff pretty well. Right. But like, I that was spot on. The yep. advanced security stuff. And it basically, I was like, this is the book. Oh, yeah. The book and their advanced security of contextualization. Mm -hmm. I think the industry is so myopic on binaries. I mean, necessary. Right. But like, what about bad configs? What about missing yep. a comma? Like like some of the worst breaches. I talked about the Capital One. Capital mm -hmm. One breach. There was no binary vulnerability there. It was literally a bad proxy. It was um, cut and paste VPC definitions. Oh, man. And I'm, I'm overgeneralizing. Right. But, but still. It was, it was like a bypass left on on a proxy. Uh-huh. By a team that got an exception to put it up and didn't run it through any scans, uh -huh. then basically cut and paste already existing VPC definitions would have to be super privileged. Uh -huh. And then there was a bunch of like 145 million credit card business credit cards that were sitting in S3 buckets that weren't configured properly. Oh, wow. And it worse was, it was a rolling IDS. Uh -huh. So, like this crypto miner who sends out like a billion curls a day to everybody with question mark equals the metadata server mm -hmm. IP address. You know, she's just happened to hit like right. a two second window, hit in, bypass is on, and she waits for this, right? Right. And now next thing you know, like hopefully I got this far and oh, they left super privilege in the VPC edition. Let me call the metadata server and ask for everything there is to know about the account. Oh, let me walk through unsecure S3 buckets. Oh, that happens to be 145 million credit card information like records in there, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, that was like, that's it, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, like that, no binary scan would have fixed that problem. But the right. stuff I heard this morning, you know, yeah. if the proxy team was like, hey, just before you do that, can you run the, the JFrog event security against it? Right. You know? So, yeah, I mean, it was like, yep. good stuff, right? Yep, absolutely. So, so the book just walks through. I'm, I'm just curious about this because what you're describing, you're, you're describing in technical terms, but they're people problems, right? Phoenix Project, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. people, right? Yeah. So it sounds like it's, it's a way of thinking about things and a way of approaching things and a way of working together. So I think if we would have had more time, because some of the stuff that was really interesting that happened on this one bank that had built this system was to your point a lot of soft stuff. Like for example, they when they implemented um, an attestation and gate for a percentage of test-driven coverage, mm -hmm. right? Which is something that was really just screen prints. Like I've interviewed, right. I've gone to a company where they say, "Please don't tell my boss," but I use the same 
TDD screen print for the last year. <laughs> That's a true story. Like, and uh, now all of a sudden it, it, it's coming from Sonicube. Right. And Sonicube's going to call back and this their system's like picking it up. So now you can't get away with like right. faking in, in service now that you did it. And if they ask, I'll give you this screen print and you'll never right. go. You'll know, oh, wait a minute. That's not this run here. Now it's built by the system that when it gets to that yeah. point in the gate, it's knowing that it happened and it's calling Sonicube and it's asking for the percentage to enrich the data. Mm-hmm. And so now what happens is all the people that you've been screaming at for years to take, te- you know, learn TDD and take the course. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I will get to it. Now all of a sudden they're showing on charts and they're actually, hey, you, know, you would mention that we have access to a test-driven development course. Like there right. was a correlated increase of teaching. So you can tell people they're blue in face. Mm-hmm. You got to do test-driven coverage. Like it's core to right. what we do. The regulators want us to do it. And then when you institute a non-human immutable attestation system that gets right. you, you're going to, hey, you know, I, I'm sorry. I should have paid attention last year when you taught it to me. <laughs> right. But I'm going <laughs> to... Can I learn it again this year? Yeah. And so there was a whole bunch of really cool behavior patterns. Uh-huh. You know, cyclonic complexity. You can give people style guides for coding all day long. Right. But then sort of knock them out or gate them on a, on a cyclonic complexity less than, which yeah. also you get from Sonic Cube, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden now, you know, I probably should read that style guide. Yeah. So there was like all <laughs> these brilliant, soft, like to your point. Uh-huh. Now, we didn't get to spend enough time as I wished we could on that side of what this automated system did. Right. But I think we're, you know, I'm going to propose that we do uh, Godfather 2 next year. <laughs> you know, IUI yeah. 2. You know, and really what I want to do is focus in on audit. I think the, mm-hmm. um, banks are fascinating, right? Yeah. Like I never worked at a bank, but like the way that the, you know, so the, the board of trustees, the committees, the yeah. OCC, that that whole relationship of the, the, you know, them putting something Archer or creating a matter under consideration, it going over like a, an honesty yeah. system, which is uh-huh. not real honest all the time. But but <laughs> and then the uh, the OCC coming in and sort of interpreting that and creating an MRA and then it you know going to the committee right. and then find out working a, a way to the board of trust. Like that whole thing and how we do what we do mm-hmm. in all the pipeline stuff. I think that's a story that needs to be yeah. really fleshed out. So that my goal is to do that, add a little more of the soft skill stuff, bring in maybe somebody who has real experience with the OCC and just doing a sort of a what happened next. Right. I'm a little curious going back to uh, Investments Unlimited. If somebody reads the book, right? You know, I'm assuming that you've got compelling characters and, you know, there are real stakes in it, you know, for them and things like that. You know, the stuff that makes a good book, right? Right, right. But it sounds like there's a lesson to be learned. There's something that people can pick up yeah, from the book. Yeah. So if, if I, you know, let's say that I go back to my hotel room and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to check this book out. So I pick it up and I read it. What should I be looking for? Yeah, I think the thing is, right, so part of it is what I talked about earlier. Like, I think where Jay Farker's gone with uh, Jay Farker, and I, I'm not a shim. Anybody knows me like this guy sounds like he's getting paid by, I don't get nothing from right. these guys other than good coffee, right? <laughs> the um, I don't even drink coffee, yeah, so. Yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. And you probably do it for nothing. So you don't, you're getting yeah. screwed. I get coffee, dude. They um, paid for my airfare. The, oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, they pay for mine too, right? But um, but the so like the stuff that I heard this morning is adding more breath to than just binary, right? Right. But here's the thing that I think is really important about the IUI story. One, Jay Farger is probably doing better than anybody at the holistic approach. Right. It's not just binary, stupid. Right. Uh-huh. I'm not you being stupid. <laughs> no, no, no. I know you yeah, do that. Yeah. It's all the things. Configuration. Uh-huh. I hear Terraform. They're gonna have more, right? Right. So certainly that. 
But the real, to me, the kicker is, and I get in front in, in trouble with my uh, adaptive capacity resilience engineering friends because mm-hmm. they use the word counterfactual, counterfactual. But I talk about Knight Capital. Uh-huh. So Knight Capital is the famous um, dark trading company that literally somebody made a terrible mistake in a configuration. Uh-huh. They they deployed uh, new software to seven of an eight server cluster. A reused flag turned on some old code that was test code. They lost uh, like 400 some million dollars in 45 minutes out of oh. business. They got an SCC, SCC cease and desist, which right. I've owned a couple of companies, nothing really big like JFrog, uh-huh. but I'm one pro tip. You don't want a cease and desist from the SEC. I'll bet. Pretty sure. <laughs> and I'm reading the cease and desist and I'm like, this was very clear. Like you didn't do reviews on, on software deployment. Mm-hmm. You didn't, all the things that we know are hygiene stuff that like we talk about all right. the time, DevSecOps, AppSec. Right. And I and the question that like my um, my resilience friends would say, you don't know. I'm like, I don't know. But I'm just thinking that whether they really did it or they didn't, they had no evidence to show that they did it. So right. here's the difference between Oh, that's actually kind of profound. That, right? yeah, thank you. That's the name of my new book, by the way. Profound. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's kind is, of profound. <laughs> yeah. That, that, no, that's the point, right? Is that like a black swan is a black swan. Yeah. But a black swan with no evidence is you're gonna get fined or maybe shut down right. or restricted business. Yeah. A black swan with evidence is forced to majeure. Yeah. Right? Or majeure, right? Like, that's the main point. Like, like I'm not going to guarantee you that if you create immutable attestations and gates and all your pipelines that you're not going to get hacked. I, right. Who could? But I will tell you that when I look at your 10K every year and as a bank and I see that you just pay basically a tax. Right. Because you have no evidence to defend this complexity that we do. Yeah. What if you basically, when you're starting getting dinged for something that would be just a blanket fine, you'd say, well, no, 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 no. We did all these things, and right. here's the here's the evidence. Right. So if Knight Capital could show, no, no, that's SEC, that's baloney. Now, mm-hmm. I, my friends would say SEC is not an investigatory board like the right. like the FAA or something. Right. But the point being, I just wonder if they could have held up, like, right. for we, that particular— We checked all the boxes, and we're going to look at what went wrong. I mean, we checked all the boxes, then what other, what it, yeah. what other could be then— a black swan. Uh-huh. Because you, you, know, you can't find me for black swans. I mean, if like right. some electricity popped and I'm making crazy shit up, but like, yeah. um, like hit some electricity that bumps up something that shuts down this for one second yeah. that opens up this that adds that. Right. There's no way I could get fined for that. Right. Or even if you did everything right and it's just a vulnerability that we're discovering, oh, we've got to add this other process. That's right. It's a vulnerability. It's unknown. Right. If you got no evidence, I can as the SEC or the FAA, whatever, right. whoever's, you know, um, I've heard that the airline industry is going to get, a friend that works at American Airlines, so the airline industry is going to get, they're going to bump up the whole game, you know, like they do with banks and all that. Uh-huh. Like they're going to get hit hard with regulatory compliance stuff that they've been getting away for years right. um, for not worrying about. Like everybody is. Right. I'm hearing that banks now are worried about their cell phones. Uh huh. So now banks are like going through this whole thing, like, what are we doing with our, you know, because of what happened right. on January 6th, right? So that everybody's going to get hit really hard. And, and, and anybody who says that these kind of systems is the defense mechanism, yes, better hygiene, yeah. less chance of catastrophe. Yeah. But more importantly than ever, I think people being able to show that they did the work to create the evidence to create a defensible position for yeah. what happened. Well, I mean, what you're talking about is stuff that I go through with my 16-year-old, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. he'll 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 come to me, "Hey, Dad, I did my math. Okay, bring it here so yes. I can check it, <laughs> that's right? right? That's right. Right? And so I'll sit there and I'll check it and I'll circle the ones that he got wrong. And and if you get if he and he, if he gets he, a C, but and he did that with you. Yeah, but the thing is, is that he'll he'll get mad, right? He'll be no, I 
I followed all the steps. I followed all the steps. Well, the only thing I see here is the wrong answer. That's right, right. Right? You didn't show me your work. Right. Right? But conversely, right, let's but say, if he showed his work, I could tell him where he went wrong. Or, but even if, let's say that he showed you the work, you went through it, and it looked good, and he still gets a C. It's probably the professor's a jerk. <laughs> his right? Ma his He's math like, teacher's my mom. Oh, yeah, that ain't going to work. All right. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go that way. But, but, <laughs> but no, but, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Is that, that it, you know, in a lot of cases... It's out of his control, and that, that's yeah. part of my Deming point. Like there'll be another hour on our conversation, but but the, the point of Deming is there's a lot of things. He, he there's a famous quote they, they attribute to Peter Drucker, which is you can't measure what you can't manage, right? I like and Peter it's, Drucker. And it come, yeah, I do too. And Deming did too. Yeah, he, Drucker was sort of a student of Deming. Okay, but he sort of got that from Deming because Deming had it. But Deming had a little bit of a spin on it. He says you can't manage what you don't measure. But you still have to manage unmeasurable stuff. True. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, if you can't measure it, I like you're the manager, you're still gonna. Yeah. And 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 the point is, there are so many things in our complex systems that we don't have control of. So use the right. of your son. Let's say he's got a teacher somewhere yeah. else, and he's done everything right. You validate it, and maybe the professor created this ridiculously hard test that he yep. shouldn't have given the kids at that point. Yep. Right. So that's. No, I, I totally, I hear you. Yeah. But yeah, it's something that's completely outside your control. You you controlled what you could that's control, right, right. and you can you can demonstrate that you did right, what you right. needed to do to control we it. We spend far too much time penalizing and judging people on things that they don't, that are out of control. Like, the system goes down. Well, yeah, I mean, a truck, you know, there's a famous rack space where some Mack truck driver on some farm road in Dallas uh -huh. felt, had a seizure hit two concrete pylons, mashed right 40 mile an hour, but he's doing 70 by the time his right. boots on a throttle, hits two independent um, power sources. Data center is still up, but the EMTs come in and they, they want to save this man's life, of course. So they make him shut down the data center. They stay there down for four days. Oh, God. Like, you know, what, yeah. what more could you do? Two right. 40 mile an hour pylons on a farm road with nobody should be ever going over right. 40. And redundant power sources. I guess you could have said we yeah. should have measured the front end of a Mack truck because if all that happened, like if it was like three feet apart, this wouldn't happen. Come on, man. Yeah, but at what point is that reasonable, right? It isn't. It to isn't. do, because you're thinking, well, if they had done it in just that one space. But the thing is, is you don't know if the Mack truck's going to hit there or anywhere else. Yeah, you have you to remember all the things that had to happen yeah. for it to get to that point. Yeah. And the data center was still up. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, EMT. You know, saving life has more like oh yeah, I, like shut it down, whatever. But we no no yeah. no no, but shut it down. Yeah yeah, I'm I'm just saying. So what's yeah. your background? What you I noticed your podcast, but like it'd be interesting me to yeah. Heck, let's just record it. So I have a degree in computer engineering from Brigham Young University. Okay. Oh Utah, wow. Okay. And I graduated. I got a job actually running tech support uh, for a company that did online backup. Okay. And while I was there, politics, and then I was in QA <laughs> instead of management. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> And that's a long story that I'm not going to tell you right now. But anyway, I got into QA. I was working with a guy that uh, was, he had bought an iPod. This was back in like 2007. Okay. Okay. Right. And so he's listening to podcasts and he's over there like chuckling to himself about something funny grammar girl said or whatever. And so I just happened to be the guy that was running the Mac beta for QA. Okay. okay. And that at the time, iTunes was window or Mac only. So he's like, well, you can listen to it on that Mac mini. So I started listening to podcasts while I was at work and I got hooked hard. Yeah. And at the same time, I had been building the tech support ticketing system in Ruby on Rails. Okay. And, you know, then politics happened and 
somebody else was building that system, but I'd been building it because they, the CEO wasn't willing to spend the money on okay. the system. So anyway, so I'd been building that system. I was way into Rails, started listening to a podcast. I reached out to one of the guys I was listening to and said, I'm new, but I want to start a podcast. And he emailed me back and he said, you should. And so I started interviewing people. So I interviewed him and I interviewed a bunch of other people. But I didn't have a guest. I just talked about what I was learning. Sure. It's an incredible way to learn. I've yeah. done some podcasts. I never really turned it into sort of bigger than just a hobby. Yeah. But like just interviewing people, it's like an incredible oh, I was, way to learn. I was talking to people on the Rails core team. Oh, yeah. You know, my yeah. 50th episode was with uh, David Heinemeyer Hansen, who created the framework. And they were all just pleased to punch to come on the show. Yeah, yeah, right? no, oh, yeah. Want to talk, talk, like to me. Right, I want, right, you right. can't shut me up. Right. right? <laughs> so anyway, so that's kind of how that came about. I was I did QA for six months and then found my job. They were they were telling me they were going to try and hire another person, found my job listed for double my salary. And so I told them I wanted a raise and they came back with half the race. So I quit and I actually wound up working for a consulting firm doing Ruby on Rails. So I worked there. I worked at a lead gen place. I worked at the crime place, you know, where we were putting crime stuff on maps. Okay. And then I went freelance and I was podcasting that whole time about Ruby on Rails. Oh, cool. And I got laid off from the crime place in 2010, September 2010, and found some contracts made a go of that. I did that for about five years and I was still doing the podcast. But what where it really hit was that next May, I reached out to a whole bunch of the people I had interviewed, right? And I was like, no, I, I'm getting it a little bit wrong. So one of the other guys, he memory, posted... Memory is a messer, he, he posted to Twitter and he said, I'd love to see a panel discussion style show oh. about Ruby, right? And I jumped all over it. And that's when I reached out to all the people I had okay. interviewed. Okay. And so we got together. There were five of us. We called the show Ruby Rogues and we started podcasting. And then about three months later, one of my friends from the Ruby community who had gotten deep into JavaScript wanted a show like that for JavaScript. Will you help me start it? Sure. What do I do now? I don't have time for this. So I started the show in the next January and then started an iOS show and a freelancing show. And it kind of went from there. So I've started all these different podcasts. About 10 of them are running right now on topendevs.com. Adventures in DevOps, we started, what, four or five years ago. Okay. Nell Shamro was one of the first people on the show as a host. We had Nathan Harvey on a bunch of times. So that's kind of- Nathan's great. Nathan, hi, you're great. (laughs) Kissy listens. Yeah, I have no idea if he listens. But anyway, so about that time, about four or five years ago, no, it was five or six years ago, I uh, it got to the point where I couldn't do the contracts and the podcasting. I uh-huh. didn't have time. And so I went to my wife and basically, I was basically asking her for an excuse to do the responsible thing and keep the contracts. She told me to do what would make me happy. So Isn't it great? Like my wife's same thing. Every time I'm like, honey, I think I'm going to do a startup. You know what's best, honey. Like, yeah. Really? You're not going to like tell me like I know, you right? want her to say, no, you idiot. Keep that job. You know? I know. Right. So I can blame her for That's, being unhappy. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. When you have to cut Netflix off, it's like, yeah. this is your fault. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have no illusions that I was I was looking for her to make it comfortable yeah. for me yeah. to do what no, I'm the same, same way, thing. Every time right? I have some harebrained idea, I'm like, I'm yeah. hoping she's set, like my wife will tell yeah. me no. Yeah. And then, then I can stop obsessing over yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I went full-time podcasting for like five years. And then, yeah, the internet trolls came after me on Twitter and scared off all my sponsors in 2019. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and then the and then the pandemic We're hit. We're going to go on forever, but what, what's that all about? What do you mean? They, what, how did they scare you? That's, that's a much longer story. All right, all right. And, you know, I've I've told it before. People have heard it. Anyway, so, so yeah. So no, it's good. Anyway, at the end of the day, we're building it back up and... 
Well, good for you. No, it's yeah. good. You got a good. There is. I wouldn't even have asked, right? But like, you yeah. got a nice sort of like temperature soothing way. Yeah. To make a guest feel comfortable. I've been podcasting for 14 years. Yeah, and yeah. I've been no, interviewing the whole time. You can tell. So. It's um. There's a skill of yeah. how you interact with somebody. Well, I want to hear from you about you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that like that's like like uh, a podcast is not about you. It's yeah. about the guest and being able to make the guest feel. No, I agree. Yeah. So uh, no, it's all good, man. Yeah, I, so. enjoy, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Anyway, so people can get the book. You said it was number one on Amazon. No, no, it's not number one. It's it's you know well, there's a whole shell game. It's number one on Amazon. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah. No, <laughs> what was I thinking? Of course, I was thinking New York Times. No, it's oh. number one on Amazon. It's number one on New York Times. No, no, not yeah. not that either. No, you. Know, anyway, the inside baseball trick is your publisher will basically set up all these day one buys. Right. So they'll sell like some ridiculous amount of books that like all magically get sold right. on day one, even though they didn't. That gets you on the radar. Right. And then that's enough to keep it going. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, no, it, whatever. It's, all good. it's what Eric Reese did, right? For yeah. a lean startup. So or a lean, yeah, lean startup. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's Investments Unlimited, good group of people, a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. The, the experience bleeds. Yeah. Like you, you read that. I mean, you can't like him again. It's Jason Crocs at his like 20 years at Disney. It's, um, you know, it's Tobo Powell, Capital One of Fidelity. It's, right. it's John Rezatowski who runs like three floors of PNC Tower mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. You know, like these are like giant people. Right. Harold Beale, who spent like five years at Lloyd's of London, you know, like. These are real people telling real stories yes. in a fictional format. So Yeah. Well and I just put them all together. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're the storyteller. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So oh, cool, man. Good deal. Well, that, if people want to know more about you or Yeah, so probably the best uh, is uh, like back to a terrible Twitter handle, but Bachigaloop, uh, B-O-T-C-H-A-G-A-L-U-P-E. Mm-hmm. That's at gmail.com on Twitter. It's pretty much like how you find me. So good deal. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll just wrap it up, but it was fun talking. Yeah. Same here, man. Thank you.